This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Fuckalaw, fella here too, and welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? I'm Dean Hallatow, and as always, I'm joined by the very awesome Sarah Nangama. Bola Dean and Bola to all of our listeners. It is fantastic to be back in the studio for another week. We've got a jam-packed show for you. We'll chat to Martin Talpa'u. You can ask that gets painful. And we'll also be joined by John Icker from the Tongan Sevens. Now, before we get stuck into the show, hello, what has been happening in your world? Uh, what has been happening in the world? Last week was Magic Round in the NRL. So a bit going on there in I Brisbane. Didn't get, I didn't go up to Brisbane, which was good. So I had a, a, a nice relaxing weekend at home. But it looked like a pretty cool... Did uh, you get to choose not to go? No, I just didn't get asked to go up, so... Oh, okay, there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. There's probably a few a few avenues I could have gone up. None of them came through. Well, not that I was, like, wanting to go up, but it, th- three different places said, nah, we don't need you, so... <laughs> So I start, anyway, that's, that's for another day. What about you, Sarah? What's been happening with you? Well, last weekend actually was hugely exciting in the code of rugby. Starting off with Super W, I actually travelled to Townsville to commentate this game. It was between Fijiana Drua and the Queensland Reds. Huge, huge, huge result for the Fijiana Drua who have secured the back-to-back premiership title. The final score was 38-30. to It was awesome. I was at the airport 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and there were so many Fijians travelling up north just to go and get behind the girls. So I love that. But in Super Rugby Pacific also, there was such impressive results, particularly between Fiji against the Hurricanes, 27 to 24. Shout out to Kemi Valentini, that clutch penalty kick at the end, really done it for them. That's the second time he's also done that to this season. So remember that name. And also between Moana and the Blues, where Moana narrowly went down 31 to 30. So such impressive score lines, which just speaks to the quality of these games. And so great to see our Pacifica Nations really putting the foot on the throat. Yeah, 100%. There's some uh, exciting results. And as you say, well done to the Fijiana Drill for winning the... Um the Super W. We're coming for them. I'm coming, You're for, coming them. for them. Yeah, yeah, we're coming for them. Yeah, well, it was a, a good a good performance, especially with a new side. as well. a, a lot of new players in their side, so they've done well to to back it up and go again. Yes. Now, I mentioned the um, Magic Round last week in the NRL, and I had to, I've got to make a special mention to uh, the Dolphins in their victory over the Sharks, 36 to 16. There was a, a special debut for uh, a young guy from New Zealand, uh, Valence Tafade. He uh, got two tries on debut, but this is like a, a guy that Probably not the orthodox center in rugby league. He just sort of lobbed in. It looks like a guy that's just walked in from doing the day on the tools, uh, which is kind of half the truth because he's actually the ground manager or the, the curator at uh, the Dolphins Redcliffe Stadium. Uh, last year, he was like cutting the grass. He was their groundskeeper. And then ends up getting an opportunity to play. We come across to play, but that, that's his trade that he was doing. So he was cutting the grass at Redcliffe and then playing on the weekend for them. Gets an opportunity this year in the top 30 at the Dolphins and goes on to make his debut and scores two tries. From the Sharks' goal line, play to Marshall King. It comes to the right, Kenny Bromwich away to Isaiah Katoa. Then sends the pass to his right to Tafare. Got straight past one. Still going! And Valence has done it! Oh, he's powerful! He's a mini Mal! And it's a try and debut! For Valence Tafare. Spins it left, charging into the defence as SASA. And he's tackled 14 metres out. He'll play it in front of the southern goalpost. Does so to Marshall King. Comes to the right, Milford juggled it, regathered it. Then got a pass away. And Valence is in again. Tafare scored. Valence Tafare's got a double on the boo. 
Double on debut. That's that's a dream. Yeah, a dream. And and what a cool story. His parents came over from New Zealand uh, to watch him. They uh, he did a hucker at the end of the the game that with his family in the stands. It was really nice. And uh, yeah, he spoke a lot after the game about just like not have, actually really knowing the game of rugby league. He's got a rugby union background. Took an opportunity. Come over here to play league, and uh, he's gone from. Greenkeeper to uh, NRL star. So well done, Valence. Uh, another uh, win for the Tigers as well up at Magic week- Weekend against the Dragons. Just got to throw that in there. Because back to back. Back to back. Come on now, Tigers. Hasn't been said for a while about the Tigers. So well done to the West Tigers. Now, Sarah, what's making news uh, in sport around the Pacific? Well, last week we discussed the Apolimo Straits swim, uh, which was taking place in Samoa, and it returned after three three years. Yep. It's a 22.3K course. Only two people had registered, even though the minimum was meant to be four, which we jokingly said perhaps we should put our hand up. Anywho, these two legends, Ruth Marinosa and Samuel Moon James, were in the middle of their swim, five hours in, swim cancelled. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? That's rough. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. I was, was going to say pun intended, but that's really a pun. <laughs> but that, that is really, really tough. And the reason that they canned it this swim is because of the weather conditions, which I think is just horrendous because they're five hours into a 22.3K swim. How are you going to cancel on these two? Yeah, I know. It's like we were probably recording as though I like stroke for stroke in that in five hours. And we did joke about ourselves um, trying to make up the numbers. This year's DNF. So they're going to do it again next year. They've got to get their numbers up. Should we start training for it? Absolutely not. I have no oh, okay. interest whatsoever, particularly if they're going to do something like that. Like I'm <laughs> in it and then they're going to cancel it while I'm in it. I've never heard of something like that. So what do you, <laughs> Maybe you can go. Uh, no, I don't swim that well. You live in the Shire. A, you're basically it, a, a water baby. You know, um, I don't make use of the, the ocean that much down there. Okay. There's well, a lot of sharks around as well. I don't like that. Well, anyways, that's hugely disappointing for them, but they're planning on holding it again next year in late April or early May. And hopefully they actually get more registrations and they don't cancel it. But I feel for those two. I really, really do. I I certainly do as well. Uh, A bit of a change of pace, MMA. We don't often cover the MMA, but just a congratulations to American-born Tongan female boxer, Hanite Tuitupo, who won gold at the Chicago Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Sorry, I'll say the Jiu-Jitsu tournament earlier this week. So well done, uh, Hanite, for that, uh, for getting that gold medal. Uh, MMA is a very tough sport. Brutal. It surely is. I, you might find me in the cage. Me and Tyson. I've offered Tyson Pedro out. Oh, have you? Yeah, I have. Do you back yourself against Tyson Pedro? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. It, it, it's all talk until it all happens, right? Let's get that on pay-per-view. Okay, right. Uh, over to basketball. Samoa Basketball Federation is hosting the Samoa Games Tournament. This tournament is to mark the country's 60th year of independence. Yeah, this is great that they can host the tournament, as you said, to celebrate the 60th independence anniversary. Uh, teams have been invited from Australia and New Zealand and also competing in the under-17s in both men's and women's. So um, lots of basketball and an opportunity, again, to grow the game by having um, teams from across different nations come over, show what they're, where they're at, I guess, and, and create some interest in the sport. So must become the true sporting hub, I feel. It Rugby has, yeah. has been taken over there. Now this basketball competition... It's going to be fantastic. We haven't been there yet, but we'll get there. To the ABC gods who listen to our show, please send us to somewhere. <laughs> Staying on the court and switching to the code of Nepal, the Fijian Men's Championship is set to begin next week, which is May 19th, 20th. There's 16 teams competing this year, and it is a complete up from last year where they only saw half the amount of teams in this competition. Yeah, growing sport in Fiji, men's uh, netball and... One thing you you know, like with with any Fijians when they play sport is like they they're so naturally skillful with Keep the going, ball in I'm hand. Listening. Yeah, well, I'm giving, I'm giving a rap to Fijians here because 
I, all the Fijians I know are so skillful with ball in hand, so it makes sense that um, pick up a netball and just good at it just straight jam. away, natural straight at it. So the sport is growing in Fiji. It's great to see and uh, hosting a, a tournament where you can have 16 teams competing is huge. Big flex. Big flex. Now, something that isn't a flex is some news that has been making its way around the NRL about potential biasness. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll ignore the, the the word bias because this this is just based on uh, something that was said by the major sponsor CEO of the Warriors. Um, I don't know if I said that in the right order. Anyway, uh, he made some comments after their match in which they lost on the weekend um, that were pretty nasty and uh, it was targeted towards the referees and I guess the game in general. Um, um, but... Pretty much in some social media posts, he called the referees cheats, which is um, very, very um, ordinary, I think. And, and Graham Manazzi, who's my boss and also the head of football at the NRL, uh, he does a weekly briefing about what's happened in the game across the weekend and touches on any issues. Uh, this week, obviously, this was one of the issues and he had some pretty strong words about it. Um, and I've got to agree with Graham. You can, as fans and as um, participants in the game and, and, and as a sponsor, it's within everyone's right to have an opinion on decisions that a referee makes. But to call a referee cheat or question the integrity is uh, is massively um, against the spirit of the game, I'd say. And I'm the boss of the referees union, as we always joke about, and I'll stick up for the referees. I know that they turn up and they're, they're very professional in their approach. They're more professional than a lot of football players that I've seen. They, they're very dedicated to the craft Facts. and to uh, and to question their integrity is is a bit of a low blow. And I know there's a lot of emotion around these sorts of things, um, but especially when you hold a senior position at someone like in an organisation close to the game, um, yeah, Graham wasn't happy, and I stand with Graham. We stand with Graham. That's all <laughs> we're going to say on that one. <laughs> And that last but not least, New Zealand are set to host the inaugural World 15 tournaments. Now, there's a lot of intricacies to this competition as to how this will happen, but the World 15 will essentially be split into two and New Zealand is set to be the first location and the second location will be South Africa. So for a bit of context, if the Wallaroos do not finish in the top three at Pacific Four coming up, I'll be heading to South Africa. But if we at least get one win, we'll be with the more high-ranked nations and the likes of New Zealand in New Zealand later this year. So there's a you could be you're going to be traveling either going way. Going to be traveling. Worst case scenario, like the, the 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 situation you want to avoid is not winning at Pack Four and having to travel to South Africa. But mind you, I wouldn't mind going to South Africa. <laughs> Have you been there yet? I've never been there. Okay. Another reason why I want to go to South Africa. But However, you, if we win, which is position. what we're chasing, yeah. we're chasing dubs out here, yeah, fam. Yeah, yeah. Chasing dubs, I'll be in New Zealand, and that is exactly what this report is about. <laughs> South Africa, cool place to travel, but only not where we want to be. Only for losers. <laughs> only for losers. Okay, I'll make my way there somehow. South Africa. Yeah, mark yeah. my words. Yeah, as a trip after you win and win. Yes. <laughs> Coming up next, it's Talanoa time. Talanoa time. On can you be more Pacific? Joining us for Talanoa time this week, we're very lucky to have uh, rugby league. I'm going to call him a veteran. I don't like using that word often, but uh, he is a veteran. He's been around for a long time, well over 200 games. He's represented Samoa. He's represented New Zealand. Uh, he's played for the Manly Seagulls, the West Tigers, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, and he's now at the Brisbane Broncos. He's a mountain of a man, Martin Tapau. Martin, thanks for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thanks for having me, guys. Well, firstly, Marty, uh, I'll get you to share with – everyone knows who you are, but I'll get you to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from. 
so I'm a New Zealand-born Samoan. Uh, lived there for a decade. Uh, migrated over to Australia with my family, uh, where I newly found the, the game of rugby league and quickly fell in love with that. Uh, did majority of uh, my primary school and all my schooling in Australia. Um, high school went through to uh, Endeavour Sports High School, where um, it was a great pathway into the NRL, and it really helped uh, excel my rugby league. Um, you know, I had some uh, really great mates, uh, the likes of Chase Stanley, Dean Fader that uh, played in the NRL, Bo Champion is another one, Alex Johnson that's a, uh, a superstar of the game at the moment, uh, and also had uh, Jeff Hardy, who was uh, one of the great um, mentors and teachers for me to, to help develop me as a as a student and as a human, uh, uh, and then secondly, as a, a rugby league player. So then progressed through there. Um, and then I went through the, the Canterbury districts as a junior, did the Harold Matthews, SG Ball, uh, progressed right through to the under 20s Toyota Cup. And then I uh, was fortunately given the opportunity to debut, I think alongside Dean Hallitau. Back in the days in 2010. No <laughs> um, way. But yeah, so um, yeah, I've been been through uh, a fair bit. So I played for, as mentioned, for the Bulldogs, the West Tigers, Manly, uh, Warringah Sea Eagles, and now at the Brisbane Broncos. You spoke about attending Endeavour Sports High School. All the greats, including myself, <laughs> have come from that school. But I've often joked with my friends that you could actually make an all-stars team based off the talent that's come out of Endeavour Sports. But my question to you is, is school how you got involved with rugby league or did you pick up the ball much earlier than that? Well, when I was a lot younger, I was, funny enough, I was a rugby union boy. So, and I wasn't Damn. the biggest human back then, obviously. But uh, I started, funny enough, uh, on the wing and as a fullback. But when we came over to Australia, we um, we struggled to find a rugby union team. So apparently, you know, at the time, rugby league was um, religion in Australia. So we picked up a, a rugby league team and uh, I guess, yeah, the rest is history. So yeah, rugby league wasn't the first game. And, and funny enough, when I signed up to, when I went to Endeavour Sports, you have to put down your sport that you're attending for. And for me, I wasn't the best at rugby league. It was actually volleyball. So I put down volleyball, they didn't have a volleyball program at the time so it was uh rugby league for my targeted sports program bit of an all-rounder marty you got the definitely got the the skill and the athleticism to to cover a few different sports i I just want to take a step back to to that transition from new zealand to australia and you mentioned before that um your samoan background how how was the the change i guess in culture and moving from new zealand to australia and uh did you retain a lot of um a lot of your your practices or your traditions as, as a samoan yeah, so growing up, it was I grew up in a really, really big family, and surrounded by um, a lot of Samoans. So I went to all Samoan church in Otara, and uh, everything the service was in Samoan. So I lived in break, break, you know, Samoan culture. I did everything in English. Fun enough was my second language. So I was surrounded by family and friends are all Samoans and the culture was really strong. So once I was being told that, um, you know, we we're going to migrate over to Australia, uh, I found it really difficult. And funny enough, I got this little story where, so when I was told that we were going to migrate over to Australia, back then I went to our Google version, which is go to the library and go through books of encyclopedia or whatever it was. And 
the first thing I came across was the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, this is exactly where we're going to live. And I anticipated that I'm going to look outside my window and we're going to have the <laughs> Harbour Bridge and the Opera House there. <laughs> well, we jumped on the plane. We jumped off out of the airport. And sadly, we drove past Mascot. And there goes the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And there goes the... Um, of the opera house and we just kept going west 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 southwest and i landed in punchbowl so you could only imagine a, a young Samoan kid being plucked out from his really strong community roots and family and friends and being put into southwest sydney and punchbowl where i've got no friends of and uh, a very small amount of, of family around so i struggled at the time but as time went on we started to um we found a really great community, Samoan community, and um, yeah, and over the decades, uh, didn't realise that there is uh, so much culture, Samoan culture especially, in and around uh, Western Sydney. Speaking on that, when players come um, from overseas to a place like Australia where it's so big, it's bright, it's bustling on every corner, what are some of the biggest challenges that players face um, being in a new environment where they're so far removed from home? Uh, obviously, it would be the the lost connection from what you're used to, like the environment that you're used to, and you know having that level of comfortability around your family and friends. But when you are taken out or you put yourself in a in a different, completely different environment to what you're used to, uh, it, it is your your family and friends. Um, I, I guess is, is is a really hard one. Uh, the one that I sort of relate to. And I would say me being coming to the Brisbane Broncos is probably a similar situation. Uh, it was really hard where we've got kids, uh, our fur babies, our dogs, our cat, everyone back in Sydney, we had to make uh, a really, really tough decision in a, such a short amount of time to pack up and come to the Brisbane Broncos for this amazing opportunity. And it was really hard because for me, I didn't have my friends. I didn't have my family. I miss my kids. Uh, my wife as well, uh, she had to pack up everything, her job, kids, parents, um, friends, and we found it really difficult. But for us, it was having someone that we love and we trust and we respect. And that's where, for us, uh, our marriage, um, it's, it's grown stronger. And um, and I believe, like, with us putting our energy, and for, for anyone that, that puts themselves in, in, in a tough situation, it's, um, you know, manifesting love, um, strength and you know you start to attract um, you know some really great people that will assist you uh, along your journey. We're chatting with Marty Tuppel on Can You Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. Marty, uh, you, you mentioned that move up to the Brisbane Broncos and uh, the sacrifices that you've had to make for that and the challenges that are presented, but uh, you, you're having a really good season. It's been very successful. It's most successful season that uh, Brisbane has had for a number of years. How has that change been in terms of your football and on the field? The change has been uh, really exciting, but at the same time, really overwhelming. Um Having to move Staten away from family and friends, it is difficult. Um, but knowing that I've got my wife here, um, yeah, she she's my backbone. She's the one that keeps me really honest uh, and, and really supports me in everything that I do. Um, it, it makes it a lot easier for me. And, and going to work, 
what have I experienced at the Brisbane Broncos? Uh, the way that, that they do things is uh, a lot different to what I've experienced at different clubs. And the amount of talent that they have here, it's it's phenomenal. And, you know, when you go to work and you really enjoy what you're doing, uh, it makes it a lot easier to, you know, to put your best performance uh, week in, week out. And, yeah, with, with that, I'm just, just really loving it. So pleasing to hear because certainly from any spectator looking on, looks like the Broncos are having an absolute jam up north. We know we've also caught you on game day, so I have to ask, do you have a game day ritual? Uh, I don't have a specific game day ritual. Uh, other than, well, if we were down in Sydney and we would have our kids, it's we always do a game day walk. So there's a separate team walk. So it's Team Kapow walk we, team. Uh, we do with our family. Uh, just where, wherever it may be. Uh, and then I do a normal team walk with, with the teammates. So um, I guess that's my only ritual that I have. Other than that, it's just relax the mind. And um, as I get closer to, to kickoff, it's, uh, you know, start to hone in and focus in on what my role is. Love that insight. No doubt there are so many um, young athletes that look up to you and, and your journey. If you had any advice that you could share with them, what would that be? Uh, advice for young uh, look I, I would say continue to show up and be your best self every single day simple I like that that's mm. really good advice um, and as someone that that's played over 200 games Marty that's uh, definitely advice that young people uh, should pay attention to because it's proved successful for yourself now before we let you go uh, there's a game that we like to play with all our guests called tip on basically it's 60 seconds of rapid fire questions I'll shoot the questions out to you and we want you just to say the first thing that pops into your mind you down to play yeah we're on all right the clock is on what have you been binging uh, meat. <laughs> what is your coffee order? Uh, double on black with honey. Who is your most annoying teammate? At the moment, Reese Walsh. Who is your sporting hero? Ruben Wiki. Uh, what would be your wrestler entrance song? The Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Would, you wouldn't look out of place in a wrestling um, ring either. What is your favorite? What was your favorite movie as a kid? I should say. Oh, um, I, I don't. Uh, I don't have one. I don't remember. Oh, good. Uh, who in your team is always on their phone? Ninety uh, percent uh, of them. <laughs> What's something you could eat for a month straight? I think I know the answer. Uh, what was that? Sorry. What What could you eat for a month straight? Oh, uh, M&M's peanuts. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times, yes. I smashed that in one sitting. (laughs) Why is Reese Walsh so annoying? He doesn't stop talking. Oh, really? Really? Is he a chatterbox? He's full of it. Don't don't be fooled. He's so full of energy, that kid. And he just, yeah, yeah. And can, can can I also add, there has to be one. He can't, he's not the only one. Corey Oates. Considering, yeah, considering the fact that he had a broken jaw a couple of weeks ago, he is oh, one person churning the yarns that just 
did not yet. He just did not stop. The broken jaw didn't stop him. From <laughs> That's class. Hey, you learn a little bit about people that you didn't know. So. Yeah. Well, Marty, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Wish you all the best uh, for your game tonight uh, coming up and also for the rest of the season with the Bronx. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And go the Broncos. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? This has to be one of our favourite segments purely because we can just go ham on answering these questions. And this week's question comes from Dana from the Sunshine Coast and it is, I recently tore my ACL for the first time. What are your tips from recovering from a long-term injury? Now, knowing you personally, I know that you endured some injuries throughout your time. I certainly have a story, but I want to get you to go first on this one. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, yeah, I had a few. Cheers, Dean. I had a few injuries in my time uh, playing in the NRL, and probably the long, the, the worst injury I had that I guess I guess I could compare to an ACL was I tore my rotator cuff in my left shoulder in 20, 2005. I was still quite young then, um, and it kept me out for about seven months. So. I guess the, the the big difference is I was in a professional sporting environment, so I had access to care and to medical advice and rehabilitation every day. Uh, I was very lucky in that sense. So after surgery, um, went into some downtime, and the first six weeks of that was rest. That was that was basically it. Don't do anything. Shoulder in a sling, uh, and rest up. Uh, so the advice I got for that was. Six weeks of absolutely nothing on the shoulder. Don't when you start to feel good. Don't push yourself. Don't stretch yourself. And I did that. I just did everything I could to not um, do more. Again, sporting environment. I was in the off season, and I didn't have anything to do. So I had no training. I wasn't working because I was a full time athlete, and I had the ability to not do anything. I know for a lot of people that maybe get hurt playing um, community sport, don't have that ability to rest because they have jobs and they have um, things they have to do. I didn't have any kids at the time, so I wasn't having to pick my kids up and down. Um, so I was in a really easy place where I could rest, but where you can take the advice of resting right up until the point in which the doctor says. After that, it was, uh, here's your exercises and rehabilitation that you have to go through in rebuilding the strength in the shoulder. And for that period, I, I think the best advice is to actually be really diligent with your your, your rehab exercises because a lot of people will um, say, oh, yeah, I've got to do this these exercises three times a day, 10 reps at three sets or whatever it is. And they'll go, oh, I'll do one or two and then just sort of park it. I think you've got to really be strict and diligent with your recovery exercises, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's again, it's all about trusting the advice that you're given from your doctors, your surgeons, and your, and your physios that you sort of see throughout that process. Sarah, you've done this injury, so you can speak to it. Well, sound advice, I think being diligent with rehab is so important, but I did my ACL a few years back. It was so devastating once I found out I'd done my ACL purely because I didn't know what the hell to do with it. I don't even think I had an ACL to break in the first place, to tear in the first place. Um, But I think the tips for recovering is one, rehab is definitely important, being really diligent with that. Second one is surrounding yourself with really good people. And if you can try and change up your environment of where you do your rehab exercises, whether it's in the gym or just getting um, doing it with another person, it actually helps heaps because rehab is a really, really lonely process. And it helps when you have good people around you or just a friend to lean on. So that would be another one, support circle. And the third one would be celebrating the win. Sometimes when, and with a a long-term injury like an ACL, the progress looks so minuscule 
at times, but you need to be able to celebrate it so that you know that the light at the end of the tunnel is actually coming. And that's something I learned. Like I remember when I was able to actually do a full cycle on the bike, just like that full cycle motion, I was in tears because for the first five weeks I wasn't allowed to do that. So in summary, be diligent with your, um, with your rehab, surround yourself with people and change your environment if and when you can and celebrate the wins because in a long recovery process like an ACL, you need to find ways to be able to celebrate the progress that you're making and you can only do that if you recognise the smallest of things. So Dana, it's really unfortunate. We've been there, but I promise you, you got this. Take each day as it comes and your light at the end of the tunnel is much closer than you think it is. And on that note, if anyone else has questions, please feel free to hit us up. Dean and I love answering what you have to ask us. Um, you can contact us both on Instagram. My handle is at Sarah Nangama and Dean's is at Dean Hallitau. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. Woo! You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around, we'll spotlight our favourite socials, but up next, we'll chat to John Icker and find out how the Tongan Servants preparations are going for London. Joining us on Can You Be More Pacific, we're very fortunate to have John Icker from the Tongan Seven side in rugby. They've had some success lately, uh, so we're very grateful that you've been able to join us, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I guess we'll get started. If you can share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, where you hail from and uh, where you're at at the moment. So my name is John Ika, uh, originally from Tonga in a little town called Hakambi. Um, and playing sevens for, for Tonga, uh, such an opportunity for me. And at the moment, uh, we'll prepare in New Zealand for our next tournament um, next week. Speaking of, there was the recent uh, Challenger Series which took place in South Africa. How did you find that tournament? Man, there was a, a historical tournament for us, especially for Tonga Sevens, able to win that series and qualify for the next one. Uh, so it was just a, a humbling experience for all of us to um, experience that. What was the chat like throughout the tournament? Obviously, I guess the... The goal of it was to be able to win that series to solidify yourself within the world circuit. So what was, I guess, the chat like um, in, in the change rooms to to accomplish that? Because what you guys achieved over in South Africa, as you mentioned, is quite historical for your, for your country. Yeah. So it was um, more like the underdogs when we get to um, to uh, South Africa. We were in um, one of the big names that um, people think that um, so we as a motivation for the boys to uh, keep with what we're able to accomplish over in South Africa. Johnny, um, what about uh, the opportunity you got uh, a little while ago? Now, I said an interview, did you uh, represented for Tonga uh, in New Zealand, your first time you represented Tonga yep. in a sevens tournament in New Zealand. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that experience and what it meant for yourself? Well, it, was, it means a lot to me, especially like um, – Representing Tonga here in New Zealand, where my family at, and for the first time for them to watch me live uh, in that level, it's such an honour, and it's um, nothing more I could ask for. So it was it was pretty surreal for me. 
Growing up, did you ever envision yourself playing it for your country? It's something that I guess a lot of people dream of, but not many people are mm. able to accomplish. But you now sit on the other side of it and you've been able to don the jersey and you've done yeah. incredibly well. And you're now looking at even accessing a bigger league within the game. That's right. Um, it's yeah, it's always a dream come true. Um, and my coach, he's the coach for Tom Stevens. He's the one that's giving me these opportunities to represent the country. And I've stuck with him ever since... 2017s and playing for Tonga, so uh, with 15s and and sevens, so it's it's unreal. Well, you mentioned 15s. Uh, what, what's your obviously you're in the seven side at the moment. You're having some success, yeah. but yeah. Um, 15s on the radar for yourself. Is it is it a a format that you prefer or that you you want to be more involved with? Well, like I play 15 as of now, um, but you know to represent the country in whatever. Um, in the sports that I love, either sevens or fifteen, it's still for me as an owner. And and representing sevens, obviously, we mentioned about the success in South Africa. It's given you the opportunity to play in London uh, upcoming for a chance at making the um, the major circuit next year. How's the preparations for London going? Well, the preparations as of now, man. We even though here in New Zealand is um, stormy and raining hard, we still we still got to train and. Uh, get ourselves because you know it's just the seventh is anyone's game so we just got to prepare ourselves for whatever comes sevens is such a fast-paced game i am a 15s girl through and through sevens just moves way too fast for me but what does training actually look like for you guys because there is so much running and conditioning i bet that takes place that's right that's right man i know some if you play 15s and you're familiar with broncos Oh, is that you guys? Oh, no. And Broncos are going to do it five times. And then on top of that, we've got to do a bit of extra. And our eating, our habits and diets, we just got to make sure we're not eating those KFCs and McDonald's. Damn. Yes, it's a big of commitments. Does that get harder when you're in camp or when you're at home to to be strict on the diet? Oh, it's harder. It's harder at home. Away from the footy field, what do you do, I guess, to, to just recharge your own batteries when you're not in that training mode or in that game mode? Well, obviously, um, as a Tongan, we, you know, Sundays, church and families. So having a bit of time with my family and my wife, um, it's always a big plus for me. You mentioned about uh, church and how important is faith in, in terms of your your teammates and in the Tongan setup. Um, again, listening to to interviews that you've done before, and um, mm. you know you you speak about the importance of of being connected as a group and and showing yeah. um, you know showing your faith with each other. Well, we we believe that the man above, um, he's the one that provides for us, and as we put for him just once a week which is Sunday and he'll provide the rest for the next six weeks for us uh, six days and uh, it's always uh, humbling in uh, as we have the belief in him we, we've done miracle in the last tournament so so it was amazing I love that you touch on that because faith for many athletes, including the likes of yourself, is is so foundational to what we do and what we're able to accomplish out on the field. Just looking again at um, your game preparations, as we mentioned, sevens is such a strenuous, fast-paced game. You can be looking up to, what, at least three games a day, depending on yep. the style of the tournament. How do you prepare for it and how do you keep energy throughout the day? 
Well, well, obviously, every every tournament, we first day, we got to get their lungs open. you got to do a little blowout, uh, get that ready. After the game, straight to the ice bath. So be ready for the next game. So, um, But a few of the boys play 14 minutes. Some of us play probably seven or eight minutes. So we need to work harder for the, those boys that play 14 minutes. So, yeah, it, every every team have their own preparations. But I think for us, we that's pretty much how we prepare ourselves. But mentally, we just got to push. Are you the 14-minute guy? Ah, I wish. <laughs> Back in the days, yeah, but not anymore. <laughs> quality, not quantity, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Johnny, no doubt there's uh, a lot of young listeners that uh, aspire to represent um, their nation one day. Do you have any advice for young athletes, um, particularly any, any rugby players out there? Man, my advice is, uh, as I always said, because at home I've got seven boys that stay with me and my wife. I always told them, uh, opportunities will come. We just got to be patiently and wait and keep doing what you're supposed to do. Work hard because you never know. Um, I'm in my 30s now and able to get these opportunities at this age is, you know, I've never expect or think that I could get that now. So, yeah. That's such sound advice. Johnny, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Can You Be More Pacific? We wish you and the Tongan team all the best as you prepare for your upcoming tournament in London and can't wait to see the result you put on the board. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Time to dive into the internet and see what's going on. So I call it the internet. It's social. That it's sounds so like, random. It's so old. Anyway, Sarah. Dive elite, into the archives. <laughs> elite social media guru. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, that's me. Add that to my LinkedIn. Yes. My social this week comes from the Pacific Juice Insta. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Fijiana drew out one against the Hurricanes. And it all came down to Kemal Valentini's uh, penalty kick. There is <laughs> this fantastic video. Dare I say it's a dad. Has his bub on his lap and... As this kick is being slotted, he is shouting, but it's, he's muted because he can't make any noise because he can't wake up the baby because we all know how hard it is to put a baby to sleep. When it's nap time, it's nap time. Don't mess with baby's nap time. It takes forever to put them to sleep, but it's just the best because his emotion is captured completely on video and he's screaming, fingers pointed up in the air, but has to be completely silent because, again, his bub is literally asleep on his, on his lap. Have you ever done a silent celebration, Sarah? Um, I don't think so. It's silent doesn't. Do. I don't have silent a silent thing in my body. <laughs> Everything is loud. You don't have that mode. No, I don't have silent mode. Don't <laughs> unless I'm sleeping. What about you? Yeah, I have a silent celebration. I did it last week when the dogs were playing against the dragons, and I was in the commentary box, and I was. Oh, that's right. And they were next door to you. Yeah, the babies were sleeping next door to me because they lost. <laughs> Oh, so yes, I do have one. Uh, salt in that wound. <laughs> my social this week, uh, I've gone to TikTok. Wait, what? Gone to TikTok. You? Yes. You know what TikTok is? Yeah, I'd look. I don't have the app on my phone, but my kids do. So like, okay. Luckily, I. What did you find on TikTok? I go through them. Ruby Tui, who we love on the show, and we spoke about last week that she's over at the um, in the US for the Premier Rugby Sevens, and uh, she's gone over uh, for, from her sabbatical, and she's touched down and wanted to go do some exercise, and this is what she's discovered as she's going for her little run on the treadmill. Day one, my first trip to America is going great. I thought if I put in speed ten and distance four, like four kilometres, be a normal kind of flush run. 
Fam, it was four miles. I was running 10 miles an hour. I nearly fell off. It's miles. It doesn't even say it. It just assumes you speak USAian. Oh. USAian. USAian. Fam, I was running. <laughs> it's been 10. Four miles. Yeah. What's six, like? What's six, one mile equivalent to? Uh, one mile is one point six k's. Oh my god, that's so nearly double. I mean, no, it's not quite, but sixteen kilometer speed, which is fast. You going sixteen k's on a on a treadmill, six point four four kilometers. That's overs, well overs. Damn, that's not a flash. I nearly fell off. That's not a recovery run. <laughs> that is no flash. That, that's Olympic distance running. <laughs> Good old Usain Bolt over there. <laughs> well done, Ruby. Pacific on ABC Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital Radio. Lots to look forward to on the calendar this week, starting with the code of football. Yes, the OFC Champions League uh, 2023. It kicks off on the 14th of May, which is this Sunday, and it's held in Vanuatu. Uh, the Solomon Warriors arrived uh, for the tournament, as I said, taking place in Vanuatu, actually in Port Villa, with other teams to follow. It covers, sorry, it goes over um, nearly a week and a half of games. So from the 14th to the, to the 27th, uh, it's going to be a football fest in Vanuatu. It's going to be quite the scene. Port Villa. Port Villa. I reckon it's going to be really humid conditions, but really exciting to see the results that will come out of this, which we'll no doubt cover next week. Now, switching over to Rugby Sevens, the World Circuit now finds itself in Toulouse. This is a really important tournament, particularly for Fijiana. This is their final opportunity, really, to lock their place in for the fourth spot. Um, and basically, if they win in this competition, it'll solidify their play. Oh, it's automatic qualification for Paris next season, which is going to be a huge, huge task because they have Ireland and Great Britain also trying to do the same. So Fijiana really, really need to do this. Otherwise, they're going to have so much more work cut out for them. Yeah, this is a pressure tournament, I guess you'd say. And Ireland and Great Britain in the seventh circuit, how good are they, Sarah? They're going to be average because Fijiana is going okay. to come out on top. Yeah, I like the confidence. Yeah, we need we need the confidence. Also, I want to make a quick mention um, to Eleanor, Andy, Naimata, and Marisani Nandal who make their international sevens debut. Good luck to both those ladies as they do so. Uh, flicking our attention to the men's side of things, and Jerry Tuai is returning for Fiji, which is great news. The king the returns. King. Here's a welcome addition. Everyone knows that any team that Jerry Tuai is part of is bound to have some success, and. The Flying Fijians have been quite inconsistent throughout their seventh tournament, so having him there is a wise call by Goings. So they've got Toulouse and then London, is that correct? Yes, the boys do. How good are the sevens series? Like just traveling hey, just the world. Just Im- imagine that. They're You're so good. Now, Sarah, the World Rugby Pacific Challenge, it started in Apia Samoa last week, and Samoa's had a f- quite a few sporting events on the calendar. They've done late. it all. I'm telling you, it is the sporting hub. It is a sporting hub. It's had it all. But yes, on that note, World Rugby Pacific Challenge um, has taken off. Round two was actually played earlier this week on Monday where Junior Japan um, had a very strong win over Tonga. That final score was 52 to 17. And the Fiji Warriors, who have been dominant throughout, haven't taken one L at all. Put a number on Manamar Samoa, the final score being 50 to 25. So this weekend we're heading to the third and final round. Tonga A will take on the undefeated Fiji Warriors. And interestingly enough, because Fiji have been so dominant, they're dominant. 
They only need one point in this game to secure the title. And you would expect, uh, and unfortunately for, for Tonga, eh, they've had a couple of heavy losses. Uh, you'd expect that Fiji go on to win that and take out the tournament. It is written. Um, yeah, they had the, their first round win was huge that they had. So um, third and final round uh, and yeah, expect Fiji to lift the trophy. Yes, they will. And there'll be one more fixture happening on the same day and that is between Manuma Samoa and Junior Japan. So I assume next week when we come into the studio, we'll be talking about how the Fiji Warriors claimed the win. Celebrating the title. Celebrating more Fiji rugby success. Oh, what can't we do? <laughs> Sticking with rugby and closer to home, the Super Rugby Pacific round 12. Um, what are you looking forward to in these fixtures? Okay, I don't really get excited for more than two fixtures, but I think there's just a bit going on and much to look forward to. First being Force v Drua. So Drua have had such a successful trot over in Fiji, claiming some really clutch wins, but they're going to be heading over to Perth. So I'm really looking forward to seeing whether they can win on Australian soil and also solidify their place in the top eight. Another one would be Hurricanes v Moana, which will be taking place on Saturday. Julian Severe, who is the winger for the Hurricanes, he's actually looking to overtake Israel Folau as the most prolific try scorer in super rugby history. So both on 60 at the moment. So he just needs to score this weekend and it's all his. And, his and that's his. And like, what? It's a lot of tries. I've scored two tries in five seasons. <laughs> I am not going to be writing my names in the history books. Well, not for that reason anyway. Yeah. Anywho. I, I'm with you. I wasn't, I wasn't prolific in my try scoring. But ability. you know what? We're prolific on radio. So let's go, baby. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, again, rounding out the, the fixtures I'm looking up to, Crusaders v. Blues, both really competitive sides. Crusaders, I just, I just feel like this is the fixture that you really want to watch out for because they're both such competitive sides. Waratahs v. Rebels. Waratahs are two on the trot at the moment. Bounce back. Go the Waratahs. Waratahs quite like the Tigers, back to back. Let's go. So I'm really looking forward to seeing whether they can do a number. And also it's now they they have like a, a string of home games in the lead up to finals. So I think that, that that'll put them in good stead. And Brumbies v Highlanders. Now the Highlanders lost last week. Brumbies, I think, are sitting second on the ladder. So this will be a fantastic matchup. Big weekend of rugby and exciting, as you say. Over to Rugby League and in the Queensland Cup, round nine, the PNG Hunters will be taking on Townsville Blackhawks up in Townsville. The Hunters are doing pretty good at the moment. They had a solid win at home against the Ipswich Jets last week in Port Moresby, 40-28. to 28. So they'll be looking to back it up for another win, which will make it three in, on the trot if they can do the job against the Blackhawks. And those Dolphins players that we mentioned, well, the, the players from the Hunters that are having that experience training with the Dolphins, Maria Maria, he scored the first try for the second week in a row, so he's having some success. So good luck to the Hunters this weekend uh, in the NRL, round 11, after Magic Round last weekend. Uh, we're moving into round 11. The games that I'm looking forward to, the Panthers taking on the Roosters on Ooh, Friday night be a goodie. out at Penrith. So very hard, the Panthers, to beat out at Penrith. And the Roosters are desperate to start their season um, moving. They've been pretty average, I'd say, this year. Um, you mentioned the Tigers before, went back-to-back -back against the Dragons last weekend. They're taking on South this week. Can I've, they do it? I think they can. Okay. This, this would be the upset of the year, even though they beat Penrith out of Bathurst the other week, that was a bit of a dour match, but um, this will be the upset of the year because Souths are white hot at the moment. Mm. And if the Tigers can do that um, for three in a row, um, there'll be a lot of happy Tigers fans, including this one next week. And the Raiders take on the Eels on Saturday as well. Now this, I've penciled this one in because the Raiders are having a great season. They're, they're overachieving from what a lot of people probably thought they would. And the Eels are struggling. Last year's grand finalists uh, sitting in the bottom eight, they're just sort of ticking away, playing some good football in moments, but never not really. Consistently. Yeah, not consistently. Bit to look forward to. Bit to look forward to, yes. 
Well, don't forget you can catch Andrew Moore and the Grandstand Rugby League team calling all the games on Radio Australia. Unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of the show, but we'll be back same time, same place next week. Don't forget you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. Mother. Solokia. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC Sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.